0: You're listening to the weekly podcast of Cayo, the youth ministry of the Father's House in Owensboro, Kentucky. Cayo is a healthy home for teens who are loved like family as sons and daughters that embrace their kingdom identity and purpose to change the world. At Cayo, you're home. Lord, we just thank you tonight. Bless Cayo. Bless this service. Bless this gathering. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. You've done so much in our lives. You're continuing to do things. You're breaking ground even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it. Lord, you're doing things, and I thank you that you're tearing up ground. It's like you're tilling the soil of hearts in the room. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to till and till and till. Till the ground of our hearts, Lord. Let every layer of falsehood, let every layer of deception, let every fake, fake it until you make it. Let every act of posing and posers, I pray that it would die. Lord, we're hungry for the real. We're hungry for the truth. We're hungry for the way. We're hungry for the life. That's you, Jesus. Jesus. crown, any glory that we take, Lord, we literally throw it at your feet. And we say, Jesus, you're the one that deserves all the glory. Championships and trophies and braggadocious moments are nothing. It's meaningless. Lord, I've got a little league championship and I've got a basketball championship and it sits in a box in my house and it means Jack diddly Squat. till the ground of our hearts, Lord, whatever it is that we value, and it's worthless. Expose it in the name of Jesus tonight. Whatever it is that, Lord, not that championships are bad unto themselves, Lord, not that those things and those goals, those things that we want to do, dreams we want to see come to pass, Lord, but those things that we value so much that our identity's wrapped up into it, Lord. Will you begin to till the ground? Will you begin to till the ground of our hearts, and will you begin to expose lies, and then speak your truth into every lie. The Lord says, blessed are those who believe without seeing, rather than seeing, and then believing. The Lord says, blessed are those who believe without seeing, We live in a Western mindset where we want facts and evidence and those things are just fine. But at the end of the day, an Eastern mindset, an Eastern mindset is one of adventure and one of faith and one of God. By the way, we're in the West and we do love Jesus, but I think sometimes we let our facts and our analytical minds get in the way. We got to let the evidence get in the way. There's plenty of evidence and yet you still don't believe The Lord says he wants your hearts and he wants you to believe without seeing. I'm in the back and I'm just like, Lord, what will it take? What will it take to reach the heart of a generation? What will it take to save this generation that they don't have to be broken? Then then you have to fix them later and Lord, you have to heal them later. Lord, could it be that a generation could rise up? Could a generation be so devoted to you? and so close to you that Lord we would live lives that we're not afraid of you but we're afraid to be apart from you that Lord we were afraid to not be close to you to not be close to the Father to not be close to God to not be close to you that's scary the Lord just says you gotta believe without seeing got to believe without seeing. If that's for somebody in the room, hear what I'm saying. He who has ears, let them hear. God says you got to believe without seeing. It's okay to want your evidence. It's okay to want your facts, and there's plenty. But he wants you to believe him. He wants you to trust him. Lord, I pray that you would bless the rest of our service here save this generation. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. Hey, Hayden, can you do me a favor, buddy? Can you bring that up here for me? Trisha, thank you, worship team. Thank you. Look to your neighbor and say, yo-yo. Look to your other neighbor and say, Wake up. K-preps almost over. And some of you, it is over. Congratulations. Look to your neighbor and say, Don't hold chocolate in your hands. Look to your other neighbor and say, you got to wait till Pastor Gerald's done to wash your hands. I love y'all, but you don't need to be putting your hands in chocolate pockets. Uh, if it's really bothering you, you I'll be, I'm going to be kind of quick. What's up, Diamond? How you doing tonight? All right. Hey, you guys got a lot of play time on the front end tonight, so I'm going to take some of that and I'm going to devote it to squad time. You'll still get time to play. we still got nachos and cheese. i still got some other announcements about camp and some other things at the end. We're going to jump and dive straight in. Man, the pursuit was, what, a week and a half ago? The pursuit was a week and a half ago. How are you doing? How's your walk with Jesus? I think some of you guys are letting the fear of other people, you're afraid of other people in the room seeing you worship Jesus. You're letting them sit down. You're letting them not raise their hands, dictate what you do. God is not looking for a generation, and God is not looking for people who just want to fit in. He's looking for people that will live a life that stands out. That's what He wants. You're to be set apart. You're to be holy, consecrated, purified for His purposes. The Bible says that you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation. It says that you have been bought with the price, the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. That's how valuable you are. You are not called to fit in. You are called to stand out. Pastor Darrell, it's so scary what people think. I know. Do you know that I lived in middle school and high school too? I'm afraid they're going to reject me. They're going to make fun of me. And some of you are in the room, and you're still skeptics. God is not afraid of your questions, but He is asking you to believe and trust, and not just demand evidence. You're in the room, and you're in you're in the room, and that word's for you. And you're demanding evidence. I believe God is speaking to you to say, just trust and believe Him, and take Him at His word. The Bible says that when the rich man and Lazarus, it said Lazarus. He was was so poor and so sickly that the dogs licked his sores, and he sat at the gates of the rich man. Notice the rich man has no name in Scripture. He has no name. The Bible says only those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. He's Lord and Savior. Your name is written in a book, and it's called the Book of Life. And one day when we stand before God, he's going to open this book, and you're going to want your name to be in there. But the rich man has no name. Why? Good question. Lazarus is in Abraham's bosom, which basically means Abraham, they called him Father Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. If you've heard that song, you've been to Sunday school, you grew up, went to VBS, you've heard that song. He's Father Abraham, and when people, before Christ, they went to hang out with Abraham, and he would lay in his arms like a father wraps his arms around a child, around a son or a daughter. Close. And the rich man's on the other side, and he says, There's a chasm between us, and I cannot get from here to there. My tongue is burning, and it's tormented. It's tormented. Could you dip your finger in some cool water and cool my tongue? Abraham says, We cannot go from here to there, and you cannot go from there to here. I cannot cool your tongue. I've burnt my tongue by eating pizza too fast. And the roof of my mouth burned, and my tongue burned. After a few days, it goes away. But imagine if that's forever. I think that's what the rich man's trying. This, Jesus is telling this story, and Jesus knows beginning to end, first to last. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. It starts with him and it ends with him. Jesus will return. It's going to end with him. This isn't even my message. Lazarus says, will you send someone to warn my brothers? Warn them. He says, we're not going to do that. They have Moses. By the way, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the Pentateuch, the Tanakh. And they have the prophets, Elijah, Elisha, and so many others. Daniel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Pastor Daryl, what's this got to do with me? Everything, everything. This has everything to do with you. Well, if you can't send somebody to warn my brothers, can you send someone from the dead and warn them so that they avoid the torment of this place? Abraham says, they have Moses, and they have the prophets. If they don't believe Moses, and they don't believe the writings of the prophets, they won't believe even if one rises from the dead to visit them. And the dead do rise. When Jesus was resurrected, it said, The whole city was flooded, the tombs emptied out, and the dead walked in the streets. But it doesn't mean people believe. You had Moses, and you had the prophets. You have the Word of God. You have the prophets. And now we have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, that when we place our faith in Jesus, the Spirit of God comes to live in us. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. How do you worship God? Because the Spirit of God is in you. That new divine nature is inside of you. I've been preaching since January. You have a new nature. You are not your sin. You are not your depression. You are not your addiction. You are not what you're bound to. You have a new divine nature inside of you. God loves you, and he gave everything for you, and he wants to dwell inside of you. You're the new temple. That rivers of living water flow out of. The Holy Spirit, never thirst, never, and always be satisfied. The temple had rivers of water that flowed underneath it constantly. When God puts something in this book, we're a modern day picture of the temple. The rivers of living water are constantly flowing. Holiness. Holiness. God is holy. We read read Revelation 4. He's so holy. They can't even articulate the right words. All they say is holy three times. That's how much emphasis that the Jewish writers could say how holy, how powerful, how mighty, how honorable, and how awesome He is. God does not want you to fit in. He wants you to be set apart and to stand out young people I love you I love you I wouldn't come here every Wednesday I've been doing this for almost 20 years I love you and if there's one thing you get out of anything I'm saying tonight you have a choice to make are you going to be the rich man or are you going to be Lazarus are you going to be Lazarus Are you going to heed the writings of the prophets? Are you going to heed the writings of Moses? Are you going to heed the words of Jesus Christ, the word made flesh? Or or, are you going to feed, instead of feeding your faith, you feed the flesh and sinful desires? And this is not about hammering you with the Bible. This is not about making you feel bad about things that you've done. This is about freedom in Jesus Christ to set you free week and a half ago, this altar is filled with young people worshiping God, and they don't want to quit worshiping. What happened? What happened? You let it happen. You didn't care on the pursuit weekend, but you care on Wednesday. Why? Who cares what somebody in the back of the room thinks? Who cares what somebody in the front row thinks? It's what he thinks. See, here's the deal. To be set apart, to be holy, is fundamental to eternity. To be holy is fundamental to heaven. Holiness is fundamental to the kingdom of heaven. It says in Hebrews 12, 14, it said, For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. If you look in the Greek, it says, Which means the Lord will not appear or be seen by you unless you're holy. Who makes you holy? Who sets you apart? Jesus. The blood of Jesus makes you holy, makes you pure, makes you good, makes you righteous. I don't have to be perfect anymore. I don't have to strive to do all the right things on the outside because God wants the inside. He wants the inside. Do you want holiness? The reality is is some people, you love your sin too much. You love what other people think too much. Last week, I talked about approval addiction, and I was dead on. Thank you, Lord. You can't. If you live for their approval, you'll die by their rejection. It's true. But holiness is to be set apart as how we see God. That's how we see God, holiness, purity, righteousness. But we've got to concentrate ourselves. When we come into worship, we're not just singing songs. By the way, hear my heart here. I want you to understand how important holiness is. Because holiness, the kingdom of heaven, heaven literally resides inside of you. If Jesus is Lord of your life, and you place your faith in him. One day, you're going to die, and you're going to go to heaven, and you're going to be with him forever. Worshiping him, ascribing him glory praising Him, worshiping Him, just like those living creatures, just like the elders bowing before Him, we're going to do it forever. And the thing is, we're not going to have a choice because it says, every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. There will be no question. You will bow and you will confess. That's how, imagine something so holy, something so powerful in the room that you have no control. You just know that He's holy. It's kind of hard, kind of blows our minds a little bit. The rich man had all the worldly things he wanted. Lazarus didn't have anything. But it's not about wealth, and it's not about money. It's about proximity. Proximity. How close was the poor man? How how close was Lazarus to God the Father? The rich man was far from the Lord, and he went to hell. And this is not about heaven and hell, but it is about heaven and hell, because we do have a choice to make. There are wheats and there are tares. There's a story where Jesus talks about there's good fish and there's bad fish. He's going to separate them all. And this isn't about making you feel bad, it's just the Bible. This is just the Bible, the Word of God. I'm not here to entertain you. But we can do that every now and then. It's okay. What defiles us? What makes us unholy? What makes us impure? It's this. I want you to point to your heart. It's this. It's this. Mark 7 says, it's from what's inside of a man that defiles him, not what's outside. We like to go ahead and blame the bottle, blame the phone. All those things, yes, they have a role in fleshly desires, the drugs, pornography, Whatever it is, lying, some of you guys got a problem with lying. Some of you guys got a problem with exaggerating the truth. You're afraid people won't like you the way you really are, so you have to exaggerate everything. God doesn't, God doesn't want you to live that way. He wants you to live, be free, and who he made you to be. Awesome and cool. It says, words and deeds pollute a person, not food. Evil originates from inside a person, coming out of a human heart, or evil schemes. Sexual immorality. What is sexual immorality? I had a grown man ask me yesterday, what is sexual immorality? Anything outside of the covenant between a husband and wife. Any sex outside of that, whether it's in your mind, in your heart, on a phone, any kind. It's sexual immorality. I mean, that's just it. Facts. Theft. Murder. Or hatred. Hatred. Adultery. Adultery. Greed, wickedness, treachery, debauchery. Debauchery actually comes from a Greek word I didn't know existed, but it's unbridled lust. And it's even talking about homosexuality, which is very touchy. I'm not going to go there tonight, but I will gladly go there any other time or a personal conversation, but we can go there sometime, not right now. Jealousy, slander, arrogance, and recklessness. All these corrupt things emerge from within and constantly defile a person. You can't blame the phone. You can't blame everything because it starts in here. You made the decision in here. Your inner heart determines the course of your life. Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Or guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Your heart must be protected, and it must be guarded. Not from everything outside, but from what you keep inside. Are there things that you keep in the deepest part of your heart secret? Away from God. He already knows it. There's people around you that you keep these things away from. If you have to hide it, Jesus says, if you'll uncover it, he'll cover it with his blood. And it will never be used against you again. If you will uncover it, he will cover it with his blood. And it will never be remembered again, never be used against you, ever. Do you prioritize holiness in the deepest places where no one else sees? Are you set apart? Let me go ahead and tell you. I'm giving you the Bible, but you can't count on me to give it to you once a week, and you can't count on Pastor Mike to give it to you once a week. you got to start reading it yourself. You have to feed your faith. God doesn't want you to fit in. He wants you to stand out, people. So how do we live set apart? How do we live holy? How do we do that? Here's how we do it. 2 Corinthians 7 says this. Beloved ones, with promises like these and because of our deepest respect and worship of God, we must remove everything from our lives that contaminates body and spirit and continue to complete the development of holiness within us. Back to my message. Because of our deepest respect and worship of God, we must remove everything from our lives that contaminate us. If I was addicted to pornography, do you think I could get up here and preach? Maybe, for a little while. Do you think if I'm lying and doing something behind everyone's back, do you think I can get up here in this microphone and do that for long? Not long. Do you think that you can do that? God doesn't want you to worry. He doesn't want you to be anxious. He wants to set you free, and it's time to let those things go. Pastor Daryl, you're saying some weird stuff. I'm just being real with y'all. One time, I had one of my students who Tricia and I still talk to today. She said, Pastor Daryl, I don't want to go to youth group because it's too convicting. Well, maybe you need to take that up with God himself not me. I love you, I'm a dad I'm a dad in this room, all of you guys I was talking to one of my students uh, they're 32 now and we had a great conversation today and they were telling me how much me as their youth pastor I had no clue, I actually made a dent in their lives, although I spent years with them but I'm a dad and I'm so proud of this student I'm so proud of you guys you've got to Decontaminate your life and take off, take off everything that pollutes you. You've got to choose to clothe yourself in holiness. Romans 13 14 says, Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Remember last week I talked about Psalm 97. It says you must love God and hate what is evil. And a lot of times, we like to love God and still partner with evil, thinking we could do both at the same time. You can try that. It doesn't work. God loves you and wants to protect you, period. It says, don't think about your former identity and awaken evil desires. See, a lot of times... Well, I love Jesus when I'm here on Wednesday, but then I go back to what I was thinking about on Thursday or Wednesday night when I get home late. Look, man, you can't be righteous. The Bible says that Jesus became sin for you. It says he became a sin offering. So he became sin. So even though he knew no sin or committed a sin so that we could be the righteousness and the holiness and the purity of God. Jesus died on the cross for all of our sins, past, present, and future, to set us free and forgive us. Period. Man. Bow your heads, close your eyes. I talked about the rich man and Lazarus. I did not plan that. So, if that spoke to you, and you have not placed your faith in Jesus, can I encourage you to do that today? Don't wait until it's too late. That's not a scary thing. That's just a reality check. Are you set apart? Or are you so worried about fitting in? I think about the lunchroom. Where are you going to sit? Who am I going to sit with? Who's going to accept me? Where do I belong? All big questions that you're asking, God has already answered them. God says, I have accepted you, and I love you, and I've bought you at the great price. You are mine. You are not your own. You belong to me. Come to me, all who are weary, and I'll give you rest. God just doesn't want to give you a home in heaven when you die one day. He wants the kingdom of heaven to operate through you in the here and now. He wants to break off addiction. He wants to break off depression. He wants to destroy all that anger and bitterness and resentment that you carry, the bait of Satan. He wants to take that and he wants to rip it off of your life and he wants to give you peace for the first time. Some of you guys, anxiety and anger are the normal. God says it's not normal to be angry all the time. It's not normal to be worried all the time. Peace is not a cause for worry. Peace is a gift from God, and He wants to set you free. If you're here tonight and this spoke to you, you say, Pastor Darrell, I have never placed my faith in Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I've never believed on His death, burial, and resurrection. But you're talking to me tonight. I want to place my faith in Jesus. It might be the first time. It might be a recommitment. But Jesus loves you. He doesn't want you to go to a place of torment. He doesn't want you to live in a personal hell at all, even when you're here. He's come to save you and rescue you and make you whole. If that's you. You say, Pastor Daryl, I would like, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to place my faith in him right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to lift up your hand. Anybody in the room? Anybody in the room? You even might say, Pastor Daryl, I said that once, but I haven't been living it, but I want to live it now. I'll wait a little longer. Guys, if you're in the room, I can assure you nobody's looking around. And if they are, they don't need to be. I'm the only one in the room. a moment for you. I'll wait. Okay. Everybody look up at me. So based on all of you in the room, everybody's good with Jesus in this room. And if you're not, if you're not, I want you to talk to your squad leader. I want you to come see me. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to introduce you to my friend and my Savior and my Lord, my King, Jesus. These leaders want to do the same. So don't leave this place tonight if that's you, okay? say that in love. Everybody hear me? Okay, all right. With that said, we're going to do squad time. If you're a middle school boy, I'm going to send you with Ben and Noah. Leaders, the questions are back in the media booth. Kobe knows where they are. If you are a high school girl...